Greetings, and welcome to Montessori in Action, a podcast for Montessori educators to remind you that you are not alone. I'm your host, Elizabeth Slade, and let's spend some time listening to what is in the hearts and on the minds of other Montessorians. Our next episode is a conversation with two Montessori educators who are working on a project called Renewing the Montessori Curriculum. This is a group of Montessori practitioners who are thinking and talking about how Dr. Montessori's liberatory principles would be applied with a lens of equity in a way that is culturally responsive and what current practice needs to shift to meet Dr. Montessori's original vision. The team is rewriting lessons and stories, creating new lessons and stories, as well as developing Montessori material to be used in classrooms. The educators who are our guests this month to discuss the project are Zil Yeager and Jahari Malik. Zil resides on the unceded lands of Chinook and Cowlitz tribes, also known as Portland, Oregon. Currently, they are the elementary program coordinator at Puddletown School, where they support teachers, children, and caregivers in many different ways. They've been working in Montessori schools for the past 17 years in a variety of settings and roles, and is a firm believer in using anti-bias, anti-racist framework to guide the way they parent, teach, and move through the world. Jahari is a founding co-designer, instructional coach, and teacher at Sojourner Truth Montessori Public Charter School. She holds an AMI elementary diploma and a master's in education from Loyola, Maryland, and is currently in training to receive her AMI 12 to 18 diploma. Jahari has experience teaching and coaching at both the elementary and adolescent levels. She began her teaching career as a middle school math teacher in Philadelphia, where she taught for six years and coached K to eight teachers as a math specialist. She then moved to Washington, D.C., where she has worked in multiple public Montessori programs. In addition to teaching, Jahari spends time collaborating with fellow educators and other stakeholders to conceptualize a more learner-centered and equitable education landscape. Welcome to Montessori in Action podcast. I'm so pleased you're both here. Thank you, I'm happy to be here. Me too. Great. So. I wonder if you would both introduce yourselves to our listeners so they have a sense of your voice and who you are. Absolutely. I'm Johari Malik. Um, just wrapping up a week at Sojourner Truth Montessori um, here in D.C. It's our first week off of spring break, a busy week, lots of new projects and things happening, a very buzzing middle school week for us. And I'm Zill Yeager. I currently work as the elementary program coordinator at Puddletown School um, in what is known as Portland, Oregon. And we are in preparation for conference mode. So (laughs) full swing with all the report writing. (laughs) Wonderful. Well, I really appreciate both of you taking time out of your busy weeks to join the podcast. Thank you. Our topic today is Renewing the Montessori Curriculum, which is a project you're both involved in. And it's a project that began as a collaboration between Public Montessori in Action and Elm City Montessori as we began thinking about the limitations to the Montessori curriculum. 
um, and in some ways the Montessori approach. And um, Amelia Sherwood, Alison Jones, and I cast out into the wide world um, anyone who was interested, who was maybe even already had begun some of this work, to be rethinking lessons, rethinking languaging, rethinking approach, um, to gather. And I know you each joined at different times. Um, do you want to um, share, Zill, your interest in this work? Yeah, um, my interest in Montessori, renewing the Montessori curriculum, really began much further back. Um, when uh, the actions in Ferguson, Missouri happened, I think that was 2015 or 2014, um, I really started thinking as a teacher more deeply about how I can support the children that I was working with to be better advocates for people of the global majority in society. I was working in a predominantly white and well-resourced school, and I really wanted to be working on social justice issues um, in my classroom. And I stumbled my way through uh, a lot of missteps and eventually um, learned about the ABAR framework um, as espoused by Louise Derman Sparks and Julie Olson Edwards. Um, and began following Brett Hawthorne, Tiffany Jewell, Liz Kleinrock, and many other um, ABAR educators. And so when I found out that the Renewing Mother Montessori Curriculum project was happening, um, I really was excited to collaborate with my fellow Montessorians to use an ABAR framework to rethink what we have been doing and to make changes to our work. Hmm. And how about for you, Jahari? Um, for me, I would say the first spark of interest was actually like ignited in my training, in elementary training. Mm -hmm. And I remember mm -hmm. um, being presented the timeline of human beings that was like, beautifully <laughs> colored, like hand watercolored by um, the course assistant on my training. And I just remember um, it being mentioned like, oh, well, you know, on this timeline, all of the um, humans were men, but we decided that like we should make some of them women. And like kind of speaking about that as like, this is like, you know, this important step that we've taken to make sure that women are represented. But as I am looking at this timeline, I'm like, that's great. But all of the people are also very white and very blonde. Um, and it's just like to have had to realize that people had the vision of mm -hmm. like, oh, well, it's not okay that women aren't represented, but that they didn't see that people who look like me were not represented um, that was kind of the first spark. Um, and of course, there were not very many other black people on my training course. Me and the one other black woman both kind of like raised our hand at the same time with like the same comment slash question about like, well, is there not another update that you think should be made? Um, so that was like the first spark that there was some updating and some renewing that needed to happen. Um, and then I was fortunate to later work in a lower elementary classroom at a school that definitely had um, goals to implement ABAR in our educational practices. So that kind of like allowed me to work with colleagues and other people who like saw the need um, for more and saw the need to make sure that the way we do Montessori education affirms all learners. So that kind of just continued. And then um, having worked with Allison, mm -hmm. like she reached out and just understanding there was a group of people who was like really committed and really engaged with this. Um, I just dove right in. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting when you're talking about reaching all learners and just spending time thinking about our task around identity formation for learners that we get at, you know, infant, toddler, three years old, like young people, um, and that they're forming their identities in our Montessori classrooms and what is our responsibility, um, which kind of leads to the, and you know, reflections on why this work is important. Um, why, why this work? Why now? Yeah, absolutely. Um, something that I think about that's a key part of the Montessori philosophy, something that Montessori wrote, and I'm paraphrasing, is that like human culture and human society never stops. It continues advancing. It continues developing. So we as people must also continue to develop. It's not like I have reached the end of the fourth plane. I am fully <laughs> developed. I have no more growth to do. Mm-hmm. I have no more learning. It's like, no, we have to continue to evolve. Um, we have to continue to develop and progress. And she had this idea that education was supposed to move humanity towards this loftier goal, this better state of existence. And I think that becoming more progressive, becoming more responsive to all learners, becoming more open to neurodiversity and other forms of diversity is part of that progress towards that loftier goal. So it's right in line with kind of one of the core components of like what Montessori education is and why it is important and why we're all doing this. It is essential. It cannot be peripheral. It can't be to the side. It can't be an extra or would be nice to. It is very much an essential part and right at the core of what I believe Maria Montessori herself wanted for education, whether she saw these specific things or not, um, that can be up for debate. But I think that she definitely saw that we are progressing and we are moving towards something better. And now here we are in 2022, and we know that part of that something better is greater affirmation for all the students in our classrooms, greater equality, greater equity in our societies at large. And this is just, you know, one piece of that puzzle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And somehow like naming it for our learners too, making it much more explicit. Um, yeah. Zill, do you want to jump in with your thoughts? Man, Johari snaps. That was perfectly summarized. <laughs> um, as you were talking, all I could think about is that elementary chart of interdependence. Mm-hmm. And without without knowing who we each are, right? Like that number one goal of identity development, you can't have interdependence. Without being responsible to understanding and having the language for accurate language for diversity of humanity, you can't have interdependence. Without understanding what justice is and being able to engage in acts of justice, you can't have interdependence. And without being active agents out in society, you can't have interdependence. So those four ABAR goals are that interdependence chart. And I think um, that is also why this work is important. I do believe that Dr. Montessori, just like you were saying, is did, did believe in this work. Um, and we do need to continue to evolve our curriculum. So taking it from the um, ideas of why you're doing this work, will you share a little bit about the actual work you're doing? What project are you working on in the renewing the Montessori curriculum piece right now? So 
Um, we meet once a month via Zoom, and um, Allison Jones has created this amazing table of contents. And so what we've d- done is we've broken up into either small groups or individually to work on various pieces of that table of contents. So each of us kind of taking what we're excited about and running with it um, with the goal of action over perfection. Um what I'm personally currently working on is with some of my coworkers is really thinking about those first six to eight weeks in an elementary classroom when you're supporting your community and getting to know each other and you're also supporting your learners and in, in more deeply understanding who am I and answering that question. And so I'm working on various activities and exercises that you could do either with whole groups or small groups or even um, one-on-one with a child so that they can start to get a better sense of who am I and who am I within my community? Who is my community and how do we work together? And something that um, I'm working on right now, we know that in like the elementary curriculum, stories are super important. And, um, you know, we can be very keenly aware of whose stories are being told. So, um, for example, we have the the story of numerals, the, the great story for math, and just kind of infusing that with some of the early math from Africa so that it's not just kind mm-hmm. of Eurocentric and that it's not just from one part of the world. There's kind of, I think, a general cultural misconception um, in the Western world, quote unquote, that um, great mathematical thinkers kind of came from certain areas and that Africa did not have these great contributions to make um, to the world of mathematics. But like, there is ancient West African mathematics. Like it exists, it's there, and it deserves its place in the story as well, along with other um, older forms of math. We talk about like tallying and things like that, that our early human ancestors did. Um, And I think that we can name different cultural contributions that came from West Africa. So that is something that like I'm personally starting to update. And just in general, other stories, there is also like worship of the written word, Um, they can kind of play into white supremacy a bit. So let's have a story about griots and let's have a story where we are actually elevating the spoken word and spoken language, oral histories, um, to kind of make the Montessori curriculum respond to just the culture of all students and where we all come from. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's exciting to hear um, you both talk about this and also think about um, Montessori schools around the whole wide world um, that are taking this sort of Italian-based curriculum um, somewhat verbatim and putting it in place in their culture and how this work is just really expanding it um, to reach the whole world by going back in time um, to unpack some of that. So thank you for sharing what you're each personally working on. Um, do you want to just tell the listeners what's the vision for this work? Where's this work headed? Um, we are aiming to create a free ebook that can hopefully continually be iterated on or evolved as we learn more. Right? The the more we know, the better that we we do. Um, and so that is ultimately the vision: is to create a place where people are able to both access this resource and also contribute to this resource. Yeah. And I hope that part of that is that this can be just part of a greater movement towards Montessori just really being firmly cemented as part of liberatory education um, for all people. And I would love for when people think of liberatory education, they also think Montessori because 
something that I think is just so, again, so central, not peripheral, not an extra or a would be nice too. Um, there's just this idea of freedom that exists within Montessori and of the elevation of members of our society who have not been treated in a place of respect. And it's the child and, and the children of all societies are not afforded the same respect that adults are. And this elevation of the child um, is so important. But I think in that, we can see the necessity to elevate all marginalized communities, all marginalized people. So this idea of freedom, this idea of deep, profound respect for the child, let that be something that is, is truly connected for all children. And where that idea of Montessori education, there can be a direct line that we draw to liberatory education for all children everywhere. Mm. Can I add to that, Johari? Because I think a big piece of that as well is for us to acknowledge that children can be agents of change. Children have the power to be activists. And um, Montessori talked a lot about, you know, supporting children, elementary age children, in understanding that cosmic education was not just about you know, how everything is interconnected, but that you, individual child, with the power of your community can actually affect change. And so I think that is the power of liberatory education, right? Like we can become the change makers ourselves. And I really do want to empower the children and the learners that we touch in our lives to to feel that that responsibility and freedom. Mm -hmm. And not only can they, but that Montessori idea of cosmic task, that they will, that they were born in a certain time, in a certain place, to a certain community with certain gifts that position them to make a change that only they can make in this world. And that every Montessorian is seeding that every day in the classroom, right? And so this, and this work maps into that if we are able to reach all of our learners and widen our own lens as educators. Yeah. I think the other experience I've had in doing this work in classrooms with older elementary children is um, one of the places in which they have become activists is with often within their own families. I've had lots of families come back to me and say, wow, I never knew uh, the story of Ona Judge. Wow, like I, I'm learning all these things alongside my child that I never knew or that I learned in a totally different way. And my child is uncovering this new information for me. Um, and it's changing the way that I'm thinking or it's changing the way that I'm talking to the other adults out in my world. And so I, I think that is the importance of committing ourselves to this work is seeing that it, things can ripple out from a really, you know, simple, small place. So I know the two of you were passionate about this long before this project began, and I'm imagining there are many, many other people in our wide community um, where that's also true, and they've been making changes, maybe writing new stories or altering stories or materials um, in response to this. And um, I wonder, Jahari, if you would talk a little bit about how people can share what they've done so we're not reinventing wheels and reiterating everybody in their own classroom writing the same um, lesson again. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I imagine there are lots of people listening to this right now saying like, oh, that's this thing that I created for my classroom that would fit like perfectly. Um, and I hope that people would want to share. So there is a QR code 
um, that we are spreading far and wide. And if you have something that you think would fit into this work, the QR code will take you to kind of a shared Google Drive folder where you can drop in a file. Um, Word documents, Google Docs can be dropped into a shared drive, PDFs, um, different types of, of files can all be shared there. But if you have something that you have created, if you have a lesson, if you have a story um, that you think fits within this work of renewing the Montessori curriculum, um, please, by all means, like scan that QR code and drop it into the folder, drop it into the drive, because we want this to be very open. Um, it's not something where we are trying to take like individual ownership. We know that there are many different innovators all over the place who have valuable contributions. And the goal is for everyone to be able to access this, for us to share this far and wide, because it is super important for all of us to be engaging in this work. So let's all share. Mm. Mm. Wonderful. Is there anything either of you would like to add about this, the work itself, the renewing work or the wider vision? Yeah. I, something that I have learned along my path is that um, we don't have to create everything from scratch. Uh, there are tons and tons of resources out there. And in doing my work around like those first six to eight weeks, I'm drawing on information from many, many, many other folks who have taught me and showed me the way. And so um, I think it's important to to seek out those resources, to credit people who are doing the work who've come before us, um, and to not be afraid to try something mm-hmm. new to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I guess something else that I would add um, is that this is continuous work for all of us. Um there are things that I have learned in creating materials for this project. Um, there are resources that I have come across. It's not, there's not a point of arrival where we can say like, ah, I have achieved the end goal. My classroom is fully liberated and I am fully culturally responsive and I'm doing all the things box checked. Like it's constant work and we hope that this can be part of it. Um, and that it will evolve and grow and develop just as we hope all of us as individual teachers will continue to do. Um, but this is just part of the work. Like we hope that it inspires people to read more books, engage in more conversations, um, have more courageous conversations with people at your school, with your colleagues, bring more people in, call more people into this work. Um, yeah, because it's just, it's it's ongoing. It is a journey um, and it, it's not, there's not an end point of arrival where we're going to say, yes, this work is done. I think piggybacking on that too, another lesson I have learned and a misstep that I made was that I was so eager to start doing work um, around social justice issues with my children that I just leapt into it before preparing myself first. And so what I had to do for a couple of years was actually back off from presenting these things in the classroom and first really do work around my own identity development and really understanding um, proper and accurate language by myself before I then brought it back into the classroom. And so I think... Um, that is also an important step for us as educators is part of our spiritual preparation is making sure that we feel confident and comfortable in ourselves before we bring it forth into our classrooms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think there's a um, part of the team that's thinking about the preparation of the Montessori educator in this work, in the ebook, a piece about, 
you know, what we bring to this. So not specific lessons or, um, but that, that mindset piece that you're talking about, Zell, um, that we, um, that very much reaches the children. And if we haven't, you know, thoroughly investigated and worked with our own mind, then we're unconsciously passing things forward. So, yeah. Um, one thing I want to add to what you were saying, Jahari, about the the far and wide piece is that if you're listening and um, to this and you could share the QR code that's on the website with everyone at your school or everyone you know or put it on your social media or get it out in any way possible, um, that we want this just to have the widest reach um, so that the most people are contributing to it possible. Well, thank you so much, both of you, for spending some time um, letting the listeners know about the work you're doing in addition to your full-time jobs <laughs> to support renewing our precious curriculum. As Amelia Sherwood says every time we gather, um, we love on this method and this curriculum so much that we're willing to be brave enough to interrogate it and to improve it. Um, and just really appreciating your contributions to that work and being on the podcast to talk about what you're doing. Absolutely. I'm happy to be here and happy to be doing this work with all of you. Likewise, thank you both so much for all your energy and enthusiasm. It's always um, incredibly rejuvenating to come to those meetings and connect with, with other practitioners. Agree. So agree. Our show is a project of Public Montessori in Action, elevating voices in the community to forward the mission. Our host is Elizabeth Slade. Our producer is Isaac Price Slade. If you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing and sharing it with others. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts.